Hello, my friend. Welcome to Dear Matchmaker. I am your host with the most matchmaker and dating coach, Kat Cantrell. Welcome to the show. And do I have a special treat for you? I thought that I would bring a guest expert on the show to talk about sex because we have to talk about it. And I know I've talked about it a little bit on previous episodes, but I thought I would bring an expert to talk about the work that she does, why it's important, and why for you to have this awareness about your own body (laughs) and about your needs in order to seek true partnership. So I have brought Kim Coffin here. And let me just share a little bit of information with you about Kim. So Kim Coffin is a trauma-informed somatic sex, love, and relationship coach, as well as an empowerment and sexuality coach, female sexuality coach, tantric sex coach, and founder of Get Your Sexy Back. She specializes in empowerment, confidence, creating trust, and safety in our bodies and our minds, self-love, pleasure, sensuality, intimacy, with self and in relationships, as well as relationship transformation for couples, jade egg, tantra, and sacred sexuality. So now can you see why I wanted to have her on the show? So I am thrilled and honored to welcome Kim Coffin to Dear Matchmaker. Well, Kim, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to have you here. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so, so much for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited too. It's such an honor to have you uh, share your gifts with uh, with my audience. So let's just dive right in. And why don't you tell? Let's let's go ahead and have you introduce yourself. Yeah, thank you. I'd love to. So I'm Kim Coffin. I am an empowerment and sexuality coach, and a sex, love, and relationship coach, and a female sexuality coach, and a tantric sex coach. All of the things. And I specialize in like sex and love and intimacy and sensuality and empowerment, relationship transformation, jade egg, tantric sex, all of these goody, goody things, sacred sexuality. And basically, what does that mean? It means like I show singles and couples, I work with both, how to reconnect to their body, how to activate their turn on, how to heal heartbreak and shame, because it's always interlinked in there and we can't do one without the other at a real body-based level because everything lives in our body and really reclaim the places that we've been most disempowered in our lives. All of the places like our boundaries and our voice and our being seen and what we should and shouldn't do. I'm using air quotes here so that we can come back into our body so that we can come back into our unapologetic power all through sacred sexuality. And it's so juicy. And this really affects everything. It affects our relationships our businesses, our bodies, our lives, and our sex lives. Like we, people sometimes think it's all sex life. No, it's affecting everything else and dating. Oh my gosh. All of it. That includes yeah. relationships. It's all yeah. connected. It is all connected, which is one of the many reasons why I wanted to bring you here because as a coach and as a matchmaker, sex gets brought up and it's, and I thought when I, when you and I connected and I saw what you what your expertise was, was like, oh my gosh, I have to have this woman on the show because there's a lot of this that I don't know. And I think that even I'm going to learn in this process. I mean, even before we hit record, Kim was already blowing my mind. I was like, hold on a second. Wait, we got to wait. We got to wait. We got to wait to hit record. So especially so much goodness here. So much goodness. In fact, I just got goosebumps. Hmm, yeah. So good. So much this is so good. Yeah. So much goodness. So much just being ourselves, 
which is what we want when we're dating or end in relationships. That's an important line there too. Many of us want to separate it out. Oh, we're married now. We have kids now. We can't be like we used to be. Mm, yeah. Um, that's so, that's even just that statement in itself. It's, it's one of the things that even as a matchmaker, I have people that come to me that feel that people have given up. So when, especially when you go through a divorce and you're on this search of finding yourself again, that when people do go through these traumatic experiences in their lives, it's really hard for them to pour back into themselves. And, and it's, and mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know, we can see it both in couples and with singles, but it, I know for singles that are out there who are invested, who are more in tune to who they are, their sexuality, their sensuality, what they stand for, what they're looking for. They feel like a lot of people aren't on the same page. And so that's why I mm -hmm. feel like your work is just so important. Not only the awareness that there are people like you that exist that can provide yeah. these services, but also just have the awareness in general of how we can benefit. Yeah from what you have to teach. So, um, why don't you share a little bit more about your own journey that brought you to the work that you're doing today? Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of reflective on what you just shared of, you know, yeah. we get into a relationship and we can get divorced and we've like kind of lost ourselves. We don't know what to do. I did the same, but I'm still married. Um, I've been married 22 and a bit years now. And I have three uh, grown children, uh, 21, 18 and 16. I call her grown. She's the most mature out of the other two boys. So at 16. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, that's exactly like we do lose ourselves and I'm going to show that in my story. Totally. There's a lot of disconnection that I see not only in myself, but in every single one of us and my story, um, you know, just kind of a trigger warning. If you're not up for listening to this, it might not be a great time. Come back and okay. listen to it in a better time. Okay. Um, but we all go through this stage of disconnection and a lot of it happens in our teenage years. For me, it happened literally 14 and a half was the night that I woke up in the middle of the night being sexually assaulted by my stepfather. And my world literally stopped. It stopped dead. Um, that night I stayed like awake all night. I was numb. I was, and I finally figured it out. I was going to tell my mom and I was like, yes, this mm -hmm. is it. We've already always been told, tell your parents, tell your parents. Right. And the next morning I did, I told her and it felt great to tell her I was scared shitless even telling her, oh but gosh. I did. And she believed me. And then she sent me to school, which looking back is a big flag. Um, you know, that you could tell right then and there that at least as an adult, me looking back now, knowing my trauma, I can see, oh, she was in a trauma response. Like she was in a, okay, go to school. Everything's perfect. We got a smile on all good. Right. right. Um, right. A couple hours later, she picked me up from school with my stepfather and it was never believed again. It was never spoken of again. Mm -hmm. It was never admitted again. It was very it was life altering. I disconnected. I realized right then and there I was on my own. Um, this could happen for somebody else in outright bullying. It could happen in a you know childhood abuse. It could happen with shaming at school. Um, this kind of disconnection is a trauma response, right? It wasn't safe for me to stay present, to stay in my body and to be myself. I had to pretend to be somebody else. And I did for 
years I was surviving. I was doing the best I could to survive. And I had to live the last four or five years again with them until I left. So fast forward into my twenties and thirties, I left, I went to university and then fast forward a few more years later into my twenties. I started to have children and was married to the same husband I am married to now. And I was very, over time, I became very burnt out, very stressed, very disconnected, Mm. very caught in the cycle of overgiving, people pleasing, doubting myself, feeling like I don't fit in. Should I do this? Should I do that? Should I wear this? Should I wear that? Like never really being sure. Right. Right. And saying yes. Even if I didn't want to say yes to people, you know, can you do this for me? It's always the good girl. We really disconnect and I disconnected. I had to be the good wife, the good mom, the good girl and show up. But this led to exhaustion, frustration, anger. Um, I feel frequently felt like I was rushed and on the go, always thinking forward. I was never present, never Mm. present. And then this left me wondering you know, especially into my thirties, like, why could everybody else do all this stuff they're doing all day long? And I couldn't like, what's wrong with me. Mm. And this is all trauma. This is all cycles of trauma and the way that trauma shows up after years. Um, And finally in 2013 and leading up to that, I was feeling really, really guilty. I was feeling really, really guilty and shut down and upset that I could have all of this. I had three kids, beautiful kids and a house and a husband, but I'm still not happy. I still Mm. wanted more. I still felt like there was more. So fast forward into 2013, I started to really start to take some of my power back. I started creating more boundaries. I started exposing my my voice and speaking my truth in little ways, but it was still really, really wobbly. And I actually broke my ankle and I was forced to slow down, like forced. Mm. And I remember hearing like, slow down, like this is why, right? This is why this happened. I had two surgeries, 12 weeks, right leg, no walking, no driving with three very active teenagers. It was a listen moment, a very Mm. listen moment. Right. And then in 2017, I, um, still wobbled for a few years in there, definitely. But in 2017, it was really hitting rock bottom. And it was like, I need to do something here. I don't know what, um, I magically don't even know how got on this beautiful list to join an event in December already early in September. And also all of this was happening at once. Like there was the me too movement in October. Oh, right. Of 2017. My friend in September said, you need to confront your mother. And I was like, you're crazy. You don't know my mother. Like they were very much still very active parts of our lives. Mm. So I definitely had pulled away as my daughter turned about four five, six. We kept getting busier and busier to not be because my mother was so controlling. It's like, you're there for Christmas. You're there for Easter. You're there for a few weeks in the summer. You're there for Thanksgiving all of these holidays where they were still around. And I didn't want my daughter being anywhere near him because mm. I knew the truth. He right. knew the truth. Right. So yeah, the me too movement happened. That was yes. the big thing in that fall. And I read all of these stories and I was like in awe, Oh my gosh, you guys like, this is amazing, but there's no way. And three days in, I was like, screw it. And I was driving to Ottawa for a long six hour drive. I pulled over for gas and I posted my quick me too, and then closed my phone and put it away and drove. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that took so much courage. 
It did. And it was one of the best things that started the next few weeks Mm -hmm. because then I confronted my mother. I was like, there was so much that happened in there, but I won't spend time on that right now. But there was so much that was so hard. But I also fell into in that December retreat that I'd already booked in September, this incredible supportive space, which was a school of womanly arts. So I Mm -hmm. fell into groups of thousands of women, which then I signed up for mastery 2018, 2019 creation, more and more and more. And that led me into Layla Martin. That led me into so many different paths and so many of the different certifications that I own and have today. And that's when I started reclaiming my body, my story, my life, my truth, my sexuality, my sensuality, because that's quickly what we disconnect from. And that is our power. That is who we are. And it was a beautiful, beautiful journey from there on out. It took a few more years for me to decide to change my business this direction, but I am doing that. I'm still speaking, sharing my story because I know I'm not alone here. This is not just my story. I know it's thousands and thousands, like pushing 80, 90% of humans dealing with sexual assault or shame or conditioning, whatever that may be. And it it forces this disconnection in our body that's painful. Mm -hmm. And we just need to survive to fit in because we all desire safety, love, belonging so deeply at our core. And we become something that we're not just to fit in and belong. Yeah. So doing this to change the narrative, to change the way that people treat their bodies, people take care of their bodies, how we talk about sex, how we talk about sexuality, when we can stop that and start that, I guess we can stop the other, which is the violence and the shh and the hush and put it away and all of that. It's all connected. Right. Mm -hmm. It's almost as if the saying, you know, we've all heard the saying that in order to love someone, you have to love yourself first. And Mm. it's, and I, I, I believe that to a certain, I think we have to love ourselves enough to know what we are deserving of and what our worth is in order to be able to find the partner that's right for us. We have to have enough self-awareness. And I think in the work that you're doing, it's, it, it's kind of correlated with that to where we need to have our own relationship with our own bodies sent with our sex, you know, with our own sexuality and sensuality in order to know what we want from our partners and to be able to be comfortable enough and confident enough in ourselves to be able to express that to our potential partners and to our partners, being able to tell them that these are our needs and not being afraid or shameful that these are the things that we want. Do you find that that's something that you do in your, in, in your work with single people? Oh, totally. And with couples, like if we go back to look at us when we were two and three and four and five-year-olds, when we were free, when we were in our bodies, we were like playing right now. We expressed our emotions. We touched ourselves. We did so many things. It was later that people started either parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, teachers started shaming that out of us. No, we don't do that. No, cross your legs. Nope. Stop twirling you're being too loud. Could you be quiet for just a minute, please? No, you know, children are seen and not heard. This is what disconnects us from our truth, from who we are. And it's the reclamation of going back and finding out literally who we are again, you know, exploring and learning again, what we like, what we want, 
what right. we hold shame and conditioning around that we maybe don't even know. What were we told that we still believe that never really felt right, but we were told it. So we're running our life off of this story that is inaccurate. And a lot of them around body, sexuality, sensuality, body parts, because this is the biggest place, the biggest place that we've been the most disempowered mm, for I thousands and thousands of years. Right. So true. Right? And yeah, then women hold so a true. whole pile of others and female identifying humans. Then we hold being seen. Then we hold, you know, um, speaking our voice, using our truth, speaking up. Oh, there's a whole pile of other ones mixed in there for women. Right. Do you, one of the things that, and I had mentioned to this, this to you before we hit record was that I've had people ask me like, what happens if, you know, women who have been sexually assaulted, what happens when they've had trauma, uh, in the past and how, you know, how do I, you know, for myself, it's like, how do I, how do I help these people? And I don't, I refer them out. Right. Cause mm. this isn't my expertise, because I feel like if you're, st- if you're trying to date without having these issues addressed, that the partner that you potentially will pick is could possibly be the wrong type of partner because you're yeah, looking to fill. A I hole. hate to say yeah. that, but yeah. 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 So it, I mean, in the work that you do, do you find that this is a lot of the more awareness that we have and the more that we're able to address these things that have happened to us in the past, the better chances we are to have to bet, to pick a better mate. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't always happen that way. We can just be lucky. Um, but yes, because when we don't, there's what we're holding and it can also happen at the same time. Like we could drop into a couple of months of starting on a recovering journey of reclaiming our bodies and reclaiming ourselves and then start dating. Like it doesn't have to take years and years and years of work or anything like that. It might, but it can also happen at the same time. And to be mm-hmm. held in a space alongside like a one-on-one coach through that is powerful because things are going to come up. New partners are going to trigger things in our bodies. Right. New experiences are going to trigger things. Let's deal with what's alive. We can do two things. We can always work on and towards our desires of what we ultimately desire, but then we can also work on what's coming up, what's alive. You know, we had a little sexual experience last night and my body like froze. Okay, great. Like let's dive into that. Um, and you can do that as a couple too. There's so much we can do either single or as a couple, but yes, if we are not clear on what we desire, what we deserve, what we are worthy of Mm -hmm. being our confident selves, we're going to attract different people. They are. And I, it kind of reminds me. So I, I help my clients a lot with attachment styles and understanding more of their attachment style. And it's when I have these open conversations, I find that when people are newly divorced, they always say I'm good. Like they already in their heads are like, I'm done. I'm healed. I wanted to leave this. I wanted to leave this marriage a long time ago anyway. So I'm good. I'm out there. I'm ready. I'm I'm ready to date. And I always say, you're not fully healed. In fact, like we're always on this continuous healing journey, I feel Mm -hmm. like. And we don't like, just like what you said, I always tell them you're going to get into, it's important for you to pick uh, a partner who is, 
who is supportive and secure and is that soft place for you. Because as you're navigating through that new relationship, you're going to get triggered and you don't even realize these things are inside of you. You may think that you're completely healed, but it's important to be with someone who is caring and, and who is your secure partner so that when these things do happen, that you can express those things. Yeah. We don't have our inner children, both reacting and creating huge drama that isn't necessary. And there's a part that you don't even see. There's the part of when you were in your power, in your body, in your Mm -hmm. truth, you are magnetizing a whole different level. And then you are naturally attracting totally different partners, totally different caliber of partners. Mm-hmm. Did you hear that? <laughs> Maybe mm-hmm. we should have you shout that from the rooftops. Cause I don't think people understand that. And I always, yeah. I, it's, um, I, I, I say it in a very, in a, in a little bit of a different way, but it's to me who, how you treat yourself, how you present yourself, how you set those boundaries, how you really like make love to yourself. That's the type of energy that's going to be attracted to you is the type that they're going to treat you the way that you treat you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just even your energetic frequency from across the bar or across right. wherever is totally different. Yeah. yeah. So can I, I'm going to ask you, so I get questioned a lot about instant chemistry, sexual chemistry with someone when it comes to dating, like they must have this instant, like in order for the person to be the one they say that they must have this instant chemistry within that first date. And I always tell them that it can build over time. It doesn't have to be this magnetism automatically sparks and fireworks. And usually when that happens, it fizzles out over time because you're not developing other aspects of the relationship. What is, mm-hmm. what is your take on all of that? Yeah, I think it doesn't need to be immediate in that yeah. immediate chem- chemistry, but it does when it comes to the bedroom. You do need to have that chemistry and turn on if ultimately they're not turning you on mo and you have before with somebody else. Mm. That's a key word there, right? Like if you, there yes. are people who are asexual and just don't get turned on. So right. if you, and depends how much trauma you're holding in there, we can also release a bunch of stuff and remove and work through stuff. And all of a sudden you're turned on again. So just if there's a fine line in there, but if you are normally typically with other partners, you get turned on and you're excited and connected, but you're not with this person ever. That's a sign. No. Now, if you've lost it, you can regain it back, Mm. but you kind of want it to be there at one point. Right. And that could be for probably a variety of different reasons, right? When the reason why they don't have sexual chemistry in that way with one person and they do with another when it comes, when it comes to the bedroom. Yeah. It could be they're just, that person doesn't do it for them just because right. they check all the other boxes. Doesn't mean they check that chemistry in the sexual way in the bedroom box. And, you know, if something's like teetering out, but it was really high and good in the beginning, there's also parts where our own inner children, like our own young, young wounds, generally before the age of seven, but not always, they can also go into our teenage years and so forth, are these really core wounds that we are actually seeking to be healed in relationship. So it's very, very natural for us to seek partners that are very similar to our parents. 
even though we swear we're not going to do that, but we do because we have this very, very unconscious wanting, desiring, needing to have this peace healed. Yeah. So yeah, there's so many reasons why we really want to do this work. Yeah. Now, just now, no getting upset that you haven't done it before. Just now Yeah. you can always move forward and, you know, go from there and cultivate stronger relationships. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it all, it all comes down to awareness, uh, you know, just really being able and that there's nothing wrong with you too. Like I, that's, nothing. I'm always like when I'm working with attachment theory, I'm always like this, the reason why I'm bringing this to the table is to tell you there's nothing wrong with you, this right? Is like normal. this, is, this yeah. is totally normal. And this is how you, you know, this is, this is how your view on intimacy and, and it's based off of when you were a child, like it's the type of intimacy that you receive from your parents and you carry that into yeah, your adult life. Many of us didn't receive incredible intimacy, not the type that we desire nowadays. It was different. People got married for different reasons. They did. It was for status. It was for money. It was for security. We are getting married now for very different, or even a partnership for very different reasons. And Tantra and sacred sexuality brings in that there's nothing to fix within you. You're Mm. already whole and complete within. It's just, we have these layers of shame, conditioning, trauma, hurt, all of this stuff on top. There's nothing right. to fix. We're just excavating and going underneath and reclaiming those pieces, reconnecting to those pieces. And that's my, <sighs> my three-step section, um, three-step sexy back approach. There's a tongue teaser in there because it is reclaim. It is reclaiming yeah. the places that you've been most disempowered. So that can be your voice, your boundaries, um, all the places we've been put down, shut away, dismissed, turned off, hidden, all those places, our boundaries, our feeling sexy, turning on, turning on after we're in a secure relationship, right. you're not supposed to do that so much, feeling great in your body and your power. And then reconnecting is reconnecting to your body, to your sexuality, to your sensuality, to your divine, whatever that may be, whether you're female identifying, male identifying, or another totally, totally welcome, because there's this divine essence within us, our inner GPS, our Oracle already within our body. And that is then leading into the remember, which is remembering who the fuck you are getting back to Mm -hmm. that little child of knowing what you wanted here. You want peace? No, like you knew what you wanted. Um, and that goes across all of the areas of our life and just really stepping into our full, full power there. Yeah. And I think part of it is part of that conditioning, especially as women is we're afraid to, to walk into that power because of what doors might open <laughs> for us that we have pushed down, you know, that oh, yeah. we've, we've hidden been our power, for power. right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like whether you think it happened or didn't happen, we have hundreds of years of conditioning from great grandparents, great, 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 right? Whatever number that is, that doesn't leave that generational trauma is in our DNA. Yeah. It is. It's in our body. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. Cause I, I was just talking about this with my daughter. So my daughter is 20, going to be 21. And, um, her and I, she was giving relationship advice to one of her girlfriends, which I just love. So her and I were chatting about it 
And she told me that about me. So her dad and I, um, very horrible relationship, very traumatic, abusive. And my kids kind of witnessed all of that. And we were able to get out of that situation. And she told me that she felt that she was the generation that was going to break this trauma that has been passed Mm -hmm. down from my mother, from my grandmother. And it just like, there was a part of me that was like super proud of her having that awareness, but there was also a part of me that was so sad about that Mm. and being like, I am so sorry. Sorry. I'm going to get choked up. Mm, Totally. Welcome with me. Yeah. Yeah. And you can do that alongside with her. You already are doing the work you're doing. Right. You are, we're changing that pattern and she's already witnessing it. Yeah. And from the moment you chose you and them and stepped away, she's been witnessing that power. Right. And I think I had to, that's what led me into the work that I do is that I went through my entire thirties as a single mom, navigating the dating world, making a lot of mistakes, understanding, coming into my own, coming into my own power, reclaiming, um, owning my sexuality and my sensuality. And I went through this own journey of myself to where it led me to the partner that I have now, but I would have Mm -hmm. never brought him into my world. If I didn't do all of these things, uncomfortable things that I had to do with myself. Mm -hmm. And she's also witnessed like all of that too, which I feel like the partner that she has now is very much like the partner that I have. And so that brings me joy, Mm -hmm. just knowing that I'm passing that down to her and have her claiming her, her sexuality or sensuality, her not being afraid of it, her and I having these open conversations. And it's really important as we, I mean, as we have daughters and granddaughters Mm -hmm. and even sons. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I got two of them. And I have, I have one of those two. <laughs> and I honestly, yeah. I talked to the, the girlfriends and I'm like, so if oh, you're yeah. an ass, this is what you're going to do. Like, oh yeah. I'm like, no, I'm not like side my own son. I'm like, okay, you need some boundaries there, honey. Let me help you. And she's like, right. okay. Um, oh, yeah. Shoot. Oh, yeah. I still work on both sides there. Cause it's like, yeah. I can see it. Right. And, right. and I want all the women to be more empowered in this world and the men and, you know, everyone, but we have a natural default of defaulting into, into the people pleasing and the overgiving and the getting, you know, my, this is an example my daughter's 16 and she has her first boyfriend in the last couple of months. And in the beginning, I'm like, do you like him? Because he likes you. Oh, or yeah, do yeah. you truly like him? Like, let's talk right. about this. There's and a difference. Like, she talks to me all the time about it, which is beautiful, yes. but really seeing like, are you doing something because they want to, right? Right. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be uncomfortable. You mentioned that it was really painful going through all that work mm-hmm. and it can be, it definitely can be. But when I started my journey, yeah, there was uncomfortable parts Mm-hmm. But when we lead from turn on and when we tap into our power and yeah. I'm going to use the pussy word here, literally we tap into our pussy and the power and the essence and the yumminess and the juiciness and the intuition that comes from the whole pelvic bowl, from our pelvis, from our womb, from our vulva, from all of it, that is pussy to me. There is this inner yummy, juicy GPS that we can follow. And if Mm -hmm. we follow our pleasure and if we follow our turn on in every single decision we make in every single day, 
even as to what I'm going to wear today, what I'm going to sit here and do, who am I going to date? Do I want to go to that location? If we follow our pleasure, we will, it's way more fun. It's not uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. There's Mm -hmm. moments, but it's way more fun and pleasure itself calms and soothes our nervous system. So no matter what trauma or anything that we're trying to heal, we really want to saturate like three to five pleasurable things, which most women don't even know what is pleasurable to them. This can mean in the bedroom or out. There's both there's it's everywhere. Agreed. It's my earrings right now. It's everything I'm choosing. And when we follow pleasure, we are soothing our nervous system and we can calm the ground, the nervous system to hold the triggers or to hold the traumas, the little wee teas that are happening in our day to day. And the little wee teas would be the not big, huge traumas, the bullying, the shaming, the somebody, you know, speaking rudely to you at the grocery store. There's all these constant pieces coming at us, which we have many of them. It's mm-hmm. kind of like paper cuts. If we worked in a paper cut factory, if we're always getting these microaggressions thrown at us and we're taking them on to be ourselves and ours and more than ours and ourselves. But if we're taking them on, these build up to be more complex trauma that is harder to even see because it was a slow build right? than the big things. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's such a great way of putting it. I didn't even think about the paper cuts, but you're absolutely mm. right. It's the, yeah. When you're Imagine navigating. Having, oh no. <laughs> it's we are your relationship, your past. Yeah. Relationship, that's like tons. Generally it starts slowly, right? Tons and tons of paper cuts. And yes. at the end, there's just like your hands are blo- bloody and raw and oozing. Right. That's yes. what we need to take care of those little paper cuts. Mm. Um to just kind of like ease into like the juiciness of it all. So when it, uh, one of the common questions I get asked is about flirting, both men and women ask me about, um, I'll never forget. I had, I had an, uh, an event, uh, gosh, I don't know. It was a couple of months ago. And, um, I had a gentleman come up to me and being like, he was being teased by these other guys about shooting his shot. Like, and he's like, he came up to me and he's like, cat, I don't know how to shoot my shot. <laughs> I can't tell, you know, it's these. And I, we were talking about this before I hit record where we're learning to people again, learning how to like yes. read each other. And I mean, even myself, I felt a little awkward getting back out and, and having face-to-face interaction. And so in the dating world, everything's just kind of like, I feel like, you know, that peanuts, uh, that peanuts character pig pen with like the dirt that like <laughs> follows him. I feel like that we're just kind of like in that, like swirly muck, muck right now. Um, so when it comes to and we flirting, are. <laughs> yeah. So when it comes to like flirting and, and sending signals and what is your advice as far as, cause I, I listened to one of your episodes that was talking about flirting and about flirting with life and about, and this is something that I 100% like agree. Like this is, if you're living your life and loving your life and flirting with it, you're going to fall in love with it. And people are going to fall in love with you because of the energy and what you're putting out to the universe. And, um, so 
what is your what is your take on flirting? Like what you just like the light, you, you just have? put it nice in a big ball there just in the last sentence. It is. It's following your pleasure. What turns yeah. you on? What yeah. lights you up? What do you want to wear today? What do you want to do today? What do you want to move out of your schedule? What do you want to put in your schedule? Have you, you know, left enough free time? Like when you follow your pleasure, you're flirting with your day. And then you move that into flirting with people. Can you ask, it's fun to, oh my gosh, it's so fun to like sit at a table with a couple of women and flirt with a really cute waiter, like start practicing. Mm, like, this you know, is good. Okay. Mm, this yeah. is so good here. What you brought me, but you know what I'd really love even more. Could you bring me some extra lemons? Like, and he'll be like, <laughs> yes, ma'am. Like practice. Oh my flirting. gosh. It's great. Yeah. Like, we, we even had homework when we were school in the arts, like we would go to lunch and we had to eat the whole meal with our hands. So we would order like asparagus and we would order, um, potato wedges and only things. That, and we would literally sit there and eat with our hands. We had one man, a couple of tables away, like walk into a waiter because he was <laughs> staring at us. It was hilarious. Oh my God. We just had so much more fun, but that is how you can start flirting and playing mm. with your power and start just following what you want to do and how you want to eat that food. That's so, even a I piece never, of chocolate. I've never even thought of that. That is such a great suggestion mm -hmm. that you could just even just flirt with the waiter or you could even flirt with the waitress yeah. too. You could sit just at to, home and have a home meal and just flirt with each other. A couple of women sitting mm. around the table of how sexy and how turned on can you eat that food? Like you can just start to flirt with yourself, turn yourself on, mm. have fun. Mm -hmm. And the rest is just going to come. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you think that I heard a statistic where you have to make eye contact with someone? So a female has to make eye contact with a male like 17 times before he gets, a I don't know if I believe gets the clue. I know I read that. Yeah. I'm like seven. It was like somewhere around. I could, I'm probably completely misquoting, but it was something to where it was like that many, it was like 12 to 17 of somewhere in there. Wow. Do you think, do you think that that's true? Do you think that if in the, when women are, are wanting a man's attention and flirting with him, should he always should he always just know right away or because that's one of the questions I get too, where he's like, is she flirting with me? And I'm like, I don't know. I wasn't Honestly, there to witness it. I don't I know. I hate games. Like I hate yeah. those games. Yeah. So just walk up and talk to him. Thank like, you. Just walk up and talk yes. to him. I asked my husband out. I brag. Yes. Uh, what, 25 years ago, 26 years ago now. Uh, yeah. Literally, I waited three days and like, screw this. Um, yeah. Like just talk to him. Oh. You and I Why? are the same. I yeah, right. don't need the games. Don't need the games. And you had such a good point there about, it was earlier about what we've been through in the last few years and how it's yeah. awkward and uncomfortable getting back out again. And we've been depleted. This is a trauma. This is a very complex oh. trauma building and building and building and building. So naturally right now, what we need just to heal that in our own nervous systems is pleasure, tons mm. and tons and tons of pleasure. This can be sexual pleasure. This can be not sexual pleasure. This can be flirting with a waiter. This can just be giggling and flirting with a bunch of girlfriends in the backyard. We need pleasure. And we don't want to turn to pleasure when we're not feeling it. 
we're actually like, eh, I don't want it. And we actually have to kind of force ourselves to grab some. And then we're going to be like, Ooh, I've missed this. I forgot. Like something as simple as that people forget how important it is to get out, to connect and have, give yourself, allow yourself to have joy again. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I started my sacred pleasure membership, literally. Oh my gosh. I was just going to ask you about that. Mm -hmm. So it's a good segue into it. Do you want to tell, you want to tell my audience a little bit more about that? Sure. And these are the tools and practices that I've been using like daily. Some days, sometimes in the beginning of the pandemic, it was like two, three times a day. I was like, Mm. I'm feeling this tension and pressure, like help. I need something. So I was leaning into pleasure more and more and more. Um, not everything in my sacred pleasure membership is going to be sexuality. Some of it isn't, I'd say about mm, a third of it. Isn't maybe even, yeah, about a third of it probably isn't, but definitely we're starting to reconnect to sacred pleasure, to our body. What feels good. Um, some people, you know, may choose to do different practices, totally energetically, like a meditation and just visualize it. Other people are, you know, hovering hands over body or hands over clothing. And other people are going literally skin on skin doesn't really matter how you do these practices and different tools. It actually includes two live workshops a month, plus a couple of other recordings in the back end in your private portal, because these are practices that you can do every single day. Even though I'm only mm. sharing them four times a month, you could make a routine that every morning you're doing a breast massage every afternoon, you're doing a 30 minute drop in breathwork pleasure practice. Like there's so many different things that you can do when we're doing them live. Your cameras are always off. There's never nudity working with me, whether it's sacred pleasure membership or working private one-on-one, there's never nudity on camera. And you always have the choice to listen and hear what we're going to do or what I'm going to lead you through and then take the recording and go do it later on your own, which is cool too. Mm, You really get to use the membership however you want or private coaching, same thing stays there too. And you can show up live if you want live accountability and coaching, or you can just grab the recordings. It really doesn't matter. I've made this like so trauma aware. This is like trauma aware pleasure, this whole Mm thing is just pleasure. We need more pleasure right now. So it's the perfect way to come home, come back into your body, to slow down, to soothe and calm your nervous system and to step back into your pleasure. Totally step back into your pleasure. This membership is only for female identifying humans and women. I do work with men, but this membership is only for women and female identifying humans who want to up-level their pleasure. They want to up-level their sensuality. They want to activate their turn on. They want to honor their body and start to heal these pieces that we secretly hold on to. So if you want to reconnect to your body, if you want to deepen your sensuality, release body shame, body shame is going to be big, especially this summer. I can already feel it building now as we're getting nice. Um, increase your confidence in your body and in yourself and learn how to listen and how to trust your body. Like when I talked about what do you desire? What does pussy want? All of that. Like some women in the beginning are like, what the fuck are you talking about? So learning (laughs) how to listen to what you do want, because you can listen to your body. Our body keeps the score on everything, including what's in our pleasure. So if you desire to feel sexy, alive, free, this membership is totally for you. It has two live calls a month. Plus it has a library of practices that you can grab on demand. It's like in your Mm. back pocket. You can just grab from 
to bring you back into your body, to calm you down, to turn you on, to do all of these things. It'll do everything you desire there. And we don't always get what we think we want either, which is perfect, but it's only $44 a month. Now this is until, I don't know when this episode's airing, but it's $44 a month until the end of May. And then it's $64 a month. It's not an expensive membership. I've made it really, really low to be able to allow as many people across the world to access this. And already there's people like in Europe and the US and Canada and a whole pile of other places. So it's super exciting to see everybody flooding in. Oh my gosh, that is so exciting. And it's so wonderful too, that you're creating such a safe place for women to come to, to be able to explore, to express, to ask those uncomfortable questions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the one live a lot workshop. of them have them, right? Exactly. And that's why yeah. the one live workshop has coaching and lesson and the other one's full pleasure practice with FAQs before and after, because you need both. Yeah. And some women can't, you know, have an orgasm or don't know what pleasure feels like in their body, or they're having problems doing it with a partner. Whatever's coming up is all welcome. Like I'm a wide open book. Literally, you can ask me mm -hmm. anything, anytime. And if I don't have the answer, I'll just find it for you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so, I'm so happy that you have created such an incredible place for women to go. And so I will make sure and, um, put all of this in the show notes so that it's easy. So that all you have to do listeners is take a click and explore a little bit more. Uh, where can, where can our listeners find you by the way? Yeah. So the easiest place is to remember my business, get your sexy back. Cause it's get your sexy back. So we've got website, get your sexy Think of Canada. Cause that's where I live up North. Mm -hmm. Um, and then my podcast, get your sexy back as well. Um, Instagram, get your sexy back coach with underscores in between. And on Facebook, I just use Kim Coffin because the algorithm sucks, but I do have a private Facebook group called get your sexy back. <laughs> I keep it really consistent. If you didn't hear that, it's get your sexy back. <laughs> right. So yeah, everything's on there. Um, you can friend, friend me personally. You can follow me, whatever you desire, whatever's more comfortable. You can comment on a post, ask questions. You can reach, reach out via messenger email me, whatever really feels comfortable. I would love to connect, answer your questions. If you want to go deeper and talk about one-on-one -on -one coaching, like private coaching, all of my private clients get my sacred pleasure membership and a few other programs that I offer for free. It's just a bonus of being a private client. So if you want to talk about that, we do free discovery calls. We'll just hop on a call and chat, see if it feels aligned. And if it doesn't, I know hundreds of other coaches that I could refer you to in That's the same awesome. line. That's awesome. There can't, there's not enough of, there's not enough to go around. No, honestly, there really yeah. isn't. Oh my gosh, Kim. Well, thank you so much for being a part of the show. I appreciate you so much. And, um, I look forward to seeing you again. Thank you so, so much. Really, truly honored and can't wait to connect with you again. All right, my friend. I know that, uh, was a little bit of a heavy conversation, but this is how we start the conversations. We bring awareness. We talk about it. We uh, 
we want to provide you a safe place to give you permission in order to have these conversations with yourself. So a gigantic, huge thank you to Kim for being a part of Dear Matchmaker. All of her links I will make sure and put into the show notes. You want to make sure and check out her Sacred Pleasure membership. Uh, I believe that it's still, um, the doors are still open so you can join it. So you want to make sure and check that out. Of course, you can always work with her one-on-one and she does have a free discovery call. Again, I'll make sure and put all of that in the notes. All right, my friend, that is it for you today. Thank you so much for listening. And if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, would you mind to rate and review and subscribe? Why haven't you subscribed already? Make sure and do that. I'd love to see your ratings and your reviews. And also, if you're on Facebook, please come follow me at Cad Cantrell, both on Instagram and on Facebook. All right. Thank you again for allowing us to have this conversation with you today. I appreciate you all so much. And remember, true love is waiting for you. And I will see you next time.